Well, we have the U.S. Hemp Building Association with us on Hemp Barons today. Saba Tesfe, Vice President, and Jacob Waddell, President of the USHBA. Thank you so much for being with us today on Hemp Barons. Thank you so much for having us. It's an honor. You're not only doing some of the most important work in hemp uh, and for the planet, not only for the emerging industries and to provide economic uh, stability for the farmer, um, but you're also going through, we all are, uh, a pretty intense time as we tried to heal and, and understand and wrap our heads around the tremendous loss of our brother-in-arms, uh, Dion Markgraf, who left this world uh, for the other side quite unexpectedly um, at the end of February. So, so many mutual um, I feel, I love, I'm sorry, and we're going to have to do our best work uh, to honor him. What are your thoughts on Dion's loss, guys, as we move into uh, hemp building? Dion was most definitely a pioneer and spearhead, especially in the U.S. Hemp Building Association. It was indeed a shock and saddening to hear about his loss, but I can say personally and within the USHBA, it is that much more inspiring and invigorating to ensure that we continue all the things that Dion was so adamant and passionate and relentless on pushing forward. And so a lot of those why nots are at hand and, you know, it's just that much more impactful, you know, when we look at our priorities and so, um, yeah, he's still a driving force, and we are going to do our best to ensure that we honor him. And Jacob, how about your thoughts and feelings? So uh, when we're building a community like we are with an association like the USHBA or really just the hemp community in general, um, when you have such a strong, powerful force like Dion was in there, it really leaves an impression um, he was a driving, energetic leader in a lot of activities and a lot of things that made us move forward as an association, as as hemp, as a group in general. So the loss to our community is 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 devastating. And I guess you know the biggest thing we can all take from it is to keep moving forward and move forward not only for ourselves but for everyone else that's fighting with us because. You know, it, we got to make a difference and we got to move this forward. And um, I think Dion, I think that's the best way to, to honor him is to keep fighting and fight strong. Boy, I could not possibly agree with you more. Uh, Dion's sense sense of urgency uh, also has just been so more solid for me. I just, I, I feel his, his sense of urgency. I feel his sense of, we've got to move this. We've got to get an ICC international certification code rating. Uh, we've got to fast track this. And, um, and while we all know this and feel this and share this and, and for many moons, um, in the wake of, of his loss, uh, I feel, I feel his angst, his inspiration and, 
and the warrior nature of his heart uh, more strongly than I than I ever have. Um, just again, uh, a tremendous loss, um, and also what a what a torch uh, to leave and and pass on for us to carry uh, brighter than ever together. Um, he, you know, was responsible for building, of course, and facilitating and funding the world's first hempcrete home on wheels, uh, which, you know, five or six of us did over the course of a week and then and then had it towed to uh, Balboa Park for San Diego, which is, of course, the world's hugest Earth Day celebration. Some 400,000 people uh, will go through that park in, in the course of, of an Earth Day weekend. And um, to be able to have shown uh, all of these folks uh, a real, true demonstration hub of a living, breathing uh, Hemp Creek cabin, it was just one of the most glorious experiences, both as for building um, and for educating and demonstrating that I've had yet uh, in my Hemp Creek career. And I've had um, some pretty stellar some pretty stellar events that I've been able to, to go to and be a part of. But man, I will absolutely never forget that one, of course, involved the international hemp community. We had Sergei Kovalenkov, who, of course, has been um, a member and, and leader of the U.S. Hemp Building Association from the Ukraine. Uh, Stephen Clark from Heaven Grown in Mexico. Uh, Greg Flaval was there uh, from New Zealand, although he's now back in the United States. Just uh, and, and Abraham Ortiz from Mexico. What, what an incredible... Um, force of nature uh dion dion was i just want to add really quick whether it was it the year after or two years after i mean that's just an example of his revolutionary nature he took that same hemp house and torched it to show in real time that it will not catch fire Non-combustible, non-combustible. Let let me just show you people. Yep, he is something. Talk about mold, rot, fire, and pest resistant. And what a wonderful segue, Saba, to discuss why it is, why on earth are we all, and was Dion's greatest passion, hempcrete, why are we so on fire, so to speak, for this incredible construction material. Jacob, would you like to start with uh, teaching us a little bit about hempcrete? Okay. Um, we'll kind of just start with the basics. I don't know where everybody's at. So um, the basic concept of hempcrete is you take hemp herd, which is the um, inner core of the stock of the hemp plant. Uh, basically, the outer part of the stock is fiber, and the inner stock is this woody material, which they call herd or shiv. Um, and you take that and you mix it with a lime binder primarily. Um, you'll have some extra material in there uh, that are called usually pozzolans uh, to help with some quick setting. And then you mix your binder with your hemp and you mix it with water, and then you mix it all together and start putting it into a wall in an in-situ way is one way of doing it. Another way people are doing it is pre-casting like blocks. And they do that basically in a warehouse, you pre-cast a block or a panel. And then this kind of has the same effect. So that's how you construct it. 
and it becomes an insulation. And in fact, as we often say, and and you incredible folks at the U.S. Hemp Building Association just held such a great meeting uh, among the members, what's in a name, potentially if we could rename Hempcrete, and we're thinking about it as an organization, um, we maybe would call it something that didn't have such a connotation to concrete. I personally love the word Hempcrete, uh, but it certainly gives people the misimpression that it is something other than an insulation. Hemp fill or hemp salation might give them uh, a, a better idea. Most of the time, folks think of hempcrete as a substitute for concrete. And as we often say, certainly uh, Portland cement, which needs to be, that's lime that needs to be heated to 3,000 degrees. So really a, quite a bit of energy and, and uh, carbon footprint there. Whereas lime, a hydraulic or hydrated dolmetic lime, which is used for hempcrete, um, only needs to be heated to 900 degrees. So it's different than cement, um, a different type of lime. But certainly if we want to add hemp herd to concrete uh, to make it less toxic uh, and less of a carbon footprint, and that is being done, and hopefully it will be done more and around the world, that's fantastic. It's less toxic. But hempcrete is, in fact, a special thing. Generally speaking, a 4-1-1 mix of, just as Jacob said, the herd, the line, the water, uh, and it is a living, breathing wall system, a construction infill. It does not actually touch the ground, or it wouldn't be able to retain that that mold and uh, rot-resistant um, properties that it has. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about uh, hempcrete um, in just in terms of fire retardation or, in fact, potentially the interior temperature or the air quality indoors of a hempcrete home, Miss Saba? Anything that you love about hempcrete uh, to share with the audience? So hempcrete or this hemp lime mixture um, is a wonderful insulative material where it will reduce energy costs in a home tremendously. Um, it heats the home. It, it retains heat a lot easier. It breathes, as you mentioned. So it is has a cooling effect um, to wicker out. It wickers out moisture to prevent mold. It is fire resistant, um, mold resistant, pest resistant. So overall, it's just a healthier home where resilient home and a regenerative home. And so there's so many benefits when it comes to the social benefits of using hemp as a material, uh, not only because of the environmental health, but the human health. Um, and, you know, we just see so much for the hemp building industry in regards to economic viability, um, affordable housing, all those things. So the benefits are just endless. They really are. You know, when we consider the fact that depending on where you are in terms of how close you are to a pole or the equator, where temperatures are more extreme, between a 12 and an 18 inch wall with good windows, we can keep, generally speaking, the interior ambient temperature of a home at 60 degrees Fahrenheit year round without a heating or cooling system. Um, we don't know that because we're guessing, we're thinking, we're speculating. We know that because hempcrete homes exist, have been built, and that is the reality of it. In addition to, if we're using uh, 
lime rendering on the inside or the outside and, and other non-toxic building materials, we're talking about the optimal indoor air quality also for a home. So when we discuss not, and the fact that in a commercial setting, of course, it can really reduce and in larger homes really reduce the HVAC needs. So we're talking about not having to make these huge investments in heating, cooling, and, and HVAC systems at the at the outset. And then, of course, not having the expense of running those systems uh, constantly. So it really is uh, huge in terms of not just not using the energy, but not having to pay for that energy. And then we could go on in terms of the durability and longevity of, of a hempcrete constructed home. Um, and the fact that at the end of that home's life, which could last anywhere from a hundred to several hundred years, we can take that hempcrete and essentially reuse it. Now, how so potentially as a soil amendment or breaking it up and adding a little bit of it at a time into fresh mixes for your next uh, hempcrete home. Just really tremendous stuff. Which one of you would like to uh, speak to the listeners about any potential statistics? I mean, as we know, of course, over 50% of our landfill waste every year is construction waste, off-gassing, toxic, temporary materials. Anything else just in terms of the housing crisis or the demand for housing in any particular jurisdiction um, that you would like to share with the audience? I guess um, we we can talk about, I guess, carbon footprint or um, the effect of the housing and residential buildings on the environment and how this is a key area where as we start moving forward to more sustainable living um, is key. Uh, 11% of the um, carbon footprint of globally, uh, according to UN report, is from housing building materials. Um, the in the another 29% is the operating of the building. So if we look at that, we first see that we could use hempcrete, which if installed properly and used local materials can actually be a carbon negative material to replace all these carbon heavy products that we currently use. That's a big hit to that first 11%. Now the other 20, I, I think the number is actually 28% is operationally the biggest chunk of the operational expense is HVAC. So if we can turn down our need to use that by an efficient insulation, but the another reason that it has those properties of balancing the temperature is hygroscopic um, interactions. So this is in short, um, vapor can pass through a hempcrete wall and water can then condense or evaporate from that hempcrete within the wall as you get around certain temperatures. So this, re this reaction causes a cooling um, reaction when temperatures are hot and a heating reaction when temperatures are cold as these processes occur. So if we could use this material to have more balanced inside environments that require less usage of HVAC, that hits very hard on that other 28%. So the health benefits caused by that are pretty great. Pretty tremendous. And, and how about for our huge and growing population of citizens experiencing homelessness, Saba, um, and the fact that this is a thermal regulating uh, 
you know, hygroscopic or vapor or humidity regulating and and fire resistant construction material. What are your thoughts on on uh, our growing population and and frankly straight up serious crisis of of citizens experiencing homelessness in this material? Yeah, um, it's definitely an avenue for solutions. Um, that's one thing that. Dion specifically was pressing hard on for the state of California, um, accessing government funding to implement such projects that include affordable housing. And we have some of our members working on a few of those things. And it's just something that we hope to see used more actively, um, seeing hempcrete being as a solution to not only provide affordable housing, but provide affordable, healthy housing. Most of the time we see that um, low-income housing uh, structures are use, using the worst possible materials that there are, highest toxicity. Um, Jake speaks a lot about sick building syndrome, and um, hemp can address that issue as, long, as well as, um, you know, housing people. And also on that note with reducing energy costs. I mean, having some heating within the structure can retain the warmth for long periods of time. So, I mean, it really is just energy efficient, economically efficient, socially efficient, all those things. So... And it's amazing how I've heard, you know, municipalities use the excuse of, well, they'll just burn it down. It will just burn down. Well, not these structures. They will not burn down, um, particularly, you know, when we use additional non-combustible materials, more lime, magnesium oxide board, uh, you know, this this type of, of situation. And I just, I think of just the cozy, not moldy and, and damp and sick and, and off-gassing um, and cold, but a warm and cozy and dry, uh, healthy environment that every human being deserves all around the world, but certainly in, in a country with the amount of wealth uh, that this country has. There is, and, and to know that these structures, if, if we're looking at, well, we're going to invest all this money and it will only last this long. This is an investment that is built to last, uh, that is built to stay. Um, and so I, I just think it is, it, it's so, it's just so very, very important uh, that we continue to press on. And I love hearing that the USHBA is already working uh, in this regard um, on some projects. How about some other, and, and you know that we could talk for the next two hours just on hempcrete, but we're talking about the U.S. Hemp Building Association. It's not the U.S. Hempcrete Building Association. All kinds of materials uh, that are have been used, are being used, and are being developed throughout the world. Jake, would you like to tell us about some of those other materials? So when we talk about hemp building materials, hempcrete is kind of the, the most pronounced, but um, there are lots of innovations and new industry leaders that are popping up. We have Hempwood, which is a member of ours, which we love, um, who is taking the hemp stocks and 
uh, through a process, turning it into replacement for wood, like wood flooring, wood furniture um, that's being used for a wide range of things by imaginative carpenters everywhere. And so that is a whole different direction that has a great potential. There's there's fiber bat insulation, which is probably the easiest thing with market entry into your house right now that can go in and just replace the dirty, nasty pink stuff. And, you know, it's it's healthy. You can touch it. I've laid on it before. It's not going to it's not itchy. It's it. So it not only doesn't add chemicals to your house, what that off gas that can cause illnesses, but it's also like easier to work with and like is better for the builder and the people that actually work in the industry. You have people, um, we talk about hempcrete and we often talk about lime and we try to, to stay away from cement and other additives, but people are mixing additives. And you know what? We're not against that. Um, there, there are people that are making um, incredible blocks. Um, actually, there's somebody that I'm actually interviewing at an event, um, the Emerge event, which is the 31st and through the first, or I hope I got those dates right. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, um, it's just biofiber. And just biofiber is making these blocks that you can build a house out of that are actually structural. So they have added materials that add enough properties to go beyond the insulative properties and allow for structural materials. There's other groups that are moving, again, away from the, the general hempcrete style, which um, it's vapor permeable to make structural items that are vapor um non-permeable. And there's nothing wrong with that for its application. Now, um, it doesn't have all the same benefits, but it does have the benefits of being structural. So there's there's a balance there. So really, this is an industry that has an endless potential of creativity and new ideas are very easy to come by if, if you can think right, because it's been kind of untouched for so long. And as other things have developed, it has not been able to develop. So the possibilities are endless. They really are endless. And and man, have we had Greg Wilson of Hempwood on this show. You know, just tremendous to be looking at dimensional lumber and flooring to say nothing of, you know, furniture kits and frames and all of those other things. But dimensional lumber and flooring of Hempwood with, made with that biomimicry process, right? So just and a, and a soy-based or protein-based uh, glue. In- incredible stuff. And of course, we've got Hemp Board, among so many others. And now for the first time, uh, we have Hemp Board that is being made right here in the United States uh, with American-grown hemp, which is just tremendous to see. Uh, Larry Serbens of Hemp Traders, through his company, Canna Grove, uh, is creating that board. And while that board looks like particle board um, and, and can behave a lot like particle board, we wouldn't necessarily use it for all those same purposes, right? It would scrape for cabinet and shelving. And, and furniture, um, and also wonderful as a substrate for floors if you get the right thickness so that it doesn't telegraph. Just so many incredible things um, moving forward, and we're seeing resin transfer sinks and other things of that nature. So 
among and and so many lofty, incredible goals that the USHBA has, there's just so much to do. And of course, it takes human beings to get all of that work done and, and, and an entire hemp village, as it were. But something tremendous that you guys are doing is uh, building a database of finished hemp buildings and, and projects. Could you tell us a little bit about that, sure. Ms. Saba? Yeah. So at the USHBA, um, it's our goal long term to become the Google of hemp building um, research and information. So uh, right now we've started out with um, creating a map for existing hemp structures within the United States. And eventually we will add on to international hemp structures. Um, and then our goal is to be able to add as much research as we can. So initially we're hoping to find um, some permitting precedents in these situations. Uh, building projects to help pave the way for future builders within their regions to be able to get their projects permitted to code. However, also just showing that these are living examples, people are happy and healthy in these homes. So that's that's kind of step one. One of our members, Ryan Darty, put it together and it's an amazing start. And we are also putting together a research subcommittee from our education committee. Um, in which we are going in and doing our best to pull all of the academic and scientific research relating to hemp building projects to be able to make it all accessible. Um, and that would probably lead into our efforts with ASTM that Jacob has been actively participating on. Excellent, excellent. And I just want to say how thrilled I am about the database and so excited because I uh, was also uh, blessed and honored to be a part of the first permitted hempcrete structure here in the state of Washington. Uh, we did a hempcrete wall at the University of Washington in Tacoma amongst a whole sustainable educational demonstration hub. Um, and I contacted uh, the gentleman, who's actually a green building professor who was getting his master's and for his master's thesis, built this structure at UW Tacoma. Um, and I had uh, done some emailing with Jacob and and I'm trying to get that professor who has great information because they had some uh, readers and technology and diagnostics there to measure, uh, create some measurements of hygroscopicity and thermal regulation and uh, need to get some details from, from uh, that professor. And I've been encouraging him uh, to get involved with the uh, is adding that project to the database. I think all of that information, it's so key, it's so important, and I so want the USHBA uh, to be able to uh, do all of those achievements. And again, it's going to take all of us. And I just want to, before we move on to ASTM, and I'm, I'm so thrilled about the USHBA being involved in that, um, I was originally invited, of course, to be a part of the D37 Cannabis Committee, Subcommittee on Hempcrete and New, and, and Bob, um, of course, was the president of USHBA at the time, um, knew that we needed to have the USHBA involved in that and was so thrilled when the board at the time voted to indeed uh, get involved. But because it takes that village, I want to make sure folks know that this is the organization to join, the U.S. Hemp Building Association, a 501c6 trade association for the emerging hemp building industries with multiple membership options 
options from student memberships at $49 a year to individual memberships for $99 a year. Then there's specific uh, memberships for First Nations or our tribes, nonprofit membership, university membership, corporate membership, and then it goes up to founding and corporate influencer. But these annual dues are incredibly affordable, uh, the highest dues being only $750 a year and, and doing the most important work. And we need support to get this important work done because right now, everybody who does a hempcrete project in the United States and in fact in multiple jurisdictions around the world becomes an activist or an advocate by default. Why? Because they have to teach and educate their own building and planning department about what hempcrete is and uh, and what its performance performances are, as opposed to there being standard testing measurements and international ratings. And with that, Jake, please tell us about USHBA's involvement with ASTM and what ASTM is, if you don't mind. Yes, uh, ASTM, and I, I hope I get this right, I think it's the American Society of Testing and Materials. Um, it basically defines practices and testing methods to evaluate different materials. It's used widely in testing labs and in scholarly activities. Um, when we come to ratings, such as like R value ratings and the if your house building materials are to the right fire code, they use ASTM tests to evaluate that. Uh, it's based in America, but they're really international standards. So you, you have a wide reach once you can get them in there. What we're working through right now is determining what tests are the best to evaluate the materials in order to compare them to current materials in the codes that exist. So we're, we're not trying to change anything. We're just trying to fairly evaluate our material in the realm with other materials out there. So we've been working really hard. Um, Cameron McIntosh has taken over as the um, group lead or something like that. I can't remember the exact title, but for these ASTM groups involved in first defining what tests we need and second, um, going through and actually writing those standards that are needed. And the, the end goal is to make testing procedures that can be done by anyone trying to build with this material or companies bringing out a product so that they can compare to the other things on the market and have a fair shot. The trouble people run into now is you have to convince every single permitting office separately. And that is a lot of work and it slows down the process and it comes at a cost. So if we can make it streamlined where it's easy for someone to say, I want to build with this, this is the test results, nobody can complain, then it's a reality. It's, it makes it a lot easier for people to get to. So much so. And could you share with us, I know there was some very exciting news in the last year or so on a fire rating. Any news there that you could announce for us? So uh, I think what you're talking about is just different tests different companies are doing. Yes. So they're, they, they're using the E85 fire test, fire spread testing. And um, I mean, every result I've seen so far is zero. Uh, basically, it's, it's, it, it has to do with the chemistry of what you're dealing with in, in the, the wall. Uh, basically, the lime is coating the carbon-based material. So if you just had hemp on the wall, the hemp would burn. You know, it's, it's a plant but you covered in lime and the lime won't burn. So it 
doesn't burn when it's coated with the lime. And um, so it's incredible. And I, I know um, Dion was a big advocate of the fact that if we put this in areas that are dealing with fire issues, these structures will survive. Dion was from Southern California, you know, born in San Clemente. Uh, actually, he wasn't. He was lived, moved to San Clemente. He was born in, in South Africa, as it were, um, I believe. But he you know, grew up in San Clemente and and lived in Southern California um, at the end here or the later years of his life. Uh, and so the fires are tremendously close to his heart, close to his home. Um, and indeed, can we even imagine if the total devastation of the fires that raged through the West Coast and, and, and Colorado this year, uh, if those homes had been made with hempcrete, uh, the absolute difference of devastation that we would have. In fact, um, I know Greg Flaval always said, hey, if, when, you, when you are in the position of having to start to educate your building and planning department here in the U.S., go right to the fire marshal and first get make friends with the fire marshal and show that fire marshal with a little sample hempcrete block exactly how non-combustible um, and fire resistant this is and, and see if you can make friends with the fire marshal and then take the fire marshal with you over to the building and planning department. So uh, just really incredible. I, I think that's probably going to be one of the first places um, that, uh, that we'll, we'll gain traction um, is there. Some some really exciting just uh, announcements and, and stats uh, that came out in the last year or so. How about the ICC? And I don't know which of you, I, I'll let uh, you decide here um, which one of you may know the best about what's going on with the International Certification Code and that system. Which one of you could take that one? This is very closely related to the ASTM work. Um, so we have been going through the process of determining where we need to actually get ourselves. Um, uh, there was some direction towards like the the ICC in, in general, the International Code Council has a lot of different sections. And um, it you got to find out where your material really lies in those sections. There was some talk um, and some thought process through the International Building Code. Well, the International Building Code is really for structural materials. So if we're talking about traditional hempcrete, it's more insulative. And we're not really concerned with the structural value of it, even though it, there is some structural gain there. So you have to look at the IECC, which is the International Energy Code Council. Um, when we look there, what, what we found actually is there is no material determination. They just have requirements for the test results. So if you can get a specific R value and you can get tests that are proven and accepted that can get you to this R value, then you can compare with another material. And it's actually an easy gateway in. Um, if you get to actually trying to become on the structural side of things, then it actually gets material specific often with the codes. Um, there are certain groups like uh, Light Straw and and other um, wall systems that use natural materials that have fallen into um, what's called mass walls. And that may not really make sense for us. Um, so it, it becomes a lot more complicated conversation. But if we're thinking about insulation, it's pretty simple and straightforward, we think. Um, so that is our direction right now. 
Excellent. Just so fantastic. We've got to get away to uh, get all of these codes written um, and and put out there so that we can really jumpstart uh, this, this building industry. And again, very little processing. We love that the hemp stock is the longest, strongest stock and, and fiber in the world before it's harvested and processed. Uh, but getting it harvested and processed is, is another thing. Um, but indeed, being able to just decorticate that most essential first piece of processing, separating the outer bast or bark from that inner woody core herd or, or shiv, as you explained to us at the beginning, uh, Jacob, and then just processing it a little bit further so that it's in a particular geometric particle range that that herd with the chaff and bast almost entirely removed. That that doesn't take a ton of processing and a huge amount of infrastructure and these these machines are of various sizes. We can go ginormous, um, like Dunagro in Holland, and and I've I've had such an incredible Willy Wonka trip for me uh, visiting there, all the way down to you know hand on farm machines uh, that can do these things and really start to create an economic viability for the farmer who is not going to have to um, worry about the oversaturation of a hemp extract market and uh, and all and the, what the FDA has to say about it. Uh, we need to get some infrastructure here, get some codes, and get some workers trained up so that they actually know how to install this incredible material. Um, Saba, could you tell us a little bit about the committees that have been formed with the USHBA um, who have ultimately will be taking on and, and are already taking on a lot of yes. this work? So right now, um, we currently have an education committee, supply chain committee, materials committee, permitting committee, and um, governmental relations committee. We also have a newly formed committee called the Communities of Color Outreach Initiative, which was formed last year with the initiative to put forth 50 scholarships for Indigenous and communities of color to allow more diversity within our industry, to have more equitable access to this information, to the memberships, to, you know, the community that we're building. So um, that committee started. It has a whole bunch of energy. We're looking forward to addressing all these solutions and making this information more accessible to everybody. Yeah, so those are our committees. And um, as you mentioned earlier, it really does take a village. Um, one of our slogans is building our future together because it really takes engagement and interaction with one another to come up with these solutions and to move forward on these projects. So each of these committees have different um, objectives and they're open to all members depending on what you'd like to focus on. And there's room for leadership in all areas. So we welcome any and all to get involved. Wonderful. Just really taking it on and really putting your money uh, where your mouths are here. Fantastic on the communities of color and those scholarships. Just what we need and want and have to have uh, in order to deliver on all of hemp's promise. Jacob, have I not asked a question or is there anything that you want to make sure that you leave the, the listeners with that I maybe have not asked of you yet? 
there is a lot going on and 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 I think this this is kind of being um repeating what you have so eloquently put about the the it takes a village it takes it takes a group it takes it takes the energy i mean the this this goes back to to the conversations about Dion this goes back to just everything that it, we're in this together and we got to work together to get it done there's lots of outside forces. There's lots of things that are they're going to try to pull us into different directions. But if we can work together as a team, as a group, we can make a really big difference. And we can turn something that that is five, 10 years in the future to like three years in the future. Like we can accelerate things incredibly if we work together and create the right synergies. So um, I, I promote everyone working together on the USHBA. I, I promote companies working together, researchers working together. It, it, I know at certain times people can kind of um, may, may get a little ego in it, but if we can step away from the ego a little bit and realize we're impacting the world by doing this, uh, I think we can accomplish a lot. Yes. We're going to, we are absolutely going to accomplish a lot. And Saba, how about you? Any message that, that you might want to leave the listeners with or a question that you wish I had asked and I didn't? Um, I just want to echo what Jacob was saying. I want to emphasize um, the carbon capture in hemp building, you know, all the sustainable and environmental benefits. Um, and as mentioned, you know, together as a people, we have we're at a place where the hemp building industry um, is set to launch. But again, you know, if we come together and as a community decide on what that's going to look like, then we will have those long-term and sustainable lasting benefits that we're speaking of, you know, where we want to, this is a shift into a new type of world, I guess you could say, and we're moving away from capitalist control and back to community control. And it's important that we start it that way and continue that way. So living buildings for living people, living soils for living earth, living economies for a well-lived life. So, um, I mean, hemp building is just a wonderful way to carry on the torch that CBD has done, you know, the, the, all the benefits of medical marijuana, but to bring this brilliant plant into the mainstream so that everyday people can also benefit and understand the magnitude of the benefits of this plant, along with all the other wonderful plants of our earth that we are in cohabitating with, you know, so... That we, that we share this beautiful, incredible planet with, indeed. And, and of course, Dion and I, and, and I think you as well, uh, you too as well, we, we got involved with hemp, you know, decades ago for the oil, seed, and fiber aspects, to support all of cannabis, obviously, uh, both Dion and I, uh, and, and certainly, um, no doubt you folks, but for the oil, seed, and fiber aspects and CBD, derived CBD sort of hit us all like a, a ton of bricks five years ago. But I, I lastly want to leave the listeners with when you go to ushba.org, and, and certainly please feel free to look at other assets um, on our site, podconnects.com, and you'll find other 
information there about the U.S. Hemp Building Association. But when you do go to the website, uh, just scroll to the bottom, where the members tab, you scroll to the bottom, you're going to see a rolling banner of members with, with all of their different logos. You can click on that logo to get the phone number, the website to support all of those different amazing entrepreneurs and businesses uh, that are really putting their money where their mouth is and, and creating businesses around hemp building so we can support those businesses. You'll also see the resources tab on the website, but mostly please join this organization, be a part of this incredible hemp village that is doing really the most important planetary healing work uh, that is being done right now in the United States by any hemp organization. It's being done by this one. Saba, Jacob, thank you for your sisterhood, for your brotherhood, for your inspiration, for your dedication, for everything you do. We're just getting started and I can't wait until our next encounter. Thank you both for being with us on Hemp Barons today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.